friends. What's up? How's it going? How's your day? It's raining here in Los Angeles, which is nice because it's like the first time in a while I don't have allergies right now because I think that are allergies created by if it's like dry and dusty? That sounds like a moron right now. I'm, I'm going to go with yes on that. And now I'm going to crawl back in the hole where I came from. Uh, yeah, because I don't think rainy climates really have allergies unless you have dust in your home. I don't know. See, I'm spiraling again. Um, <laughs> I want to uh, give some dates for you guys. Uh, again, I will be in Charleston and Greenville, South Carolina. I'll be doing stand-up slash live podcast with some audience participation. Um, they're both hour-long shows. And uh, the Charleston one is on April 23rd. The Greenville one is on April 26th. I think in Charleston, I have convinced Shep from Southern Charm to do, to essentially open for me. He's going to do like five minutes. So I have an opener in Charleston. It will be Shep, unless he has to travel for work. But he agreed to it, and I'm holding him to it. And Shep, you better not back out. You're my friend. Don't do this to me. And then in uh, in Greenville, I have a, a really fun local comic opening for me. So yeah, it's going to be a blast. And ticket info is at rachelobriancomedy.com. You can click on the links and it will take you to tickets. I will also be in New York around May 15th. Well, I'm doing a show May 15th at um, Friars Club, but I guess I'm not allowed to promote that because it's a private club or something. Who knows? I'm not fancy. I don't know these things. But like May 16th or 17th or 18th, something like that, I'm going to do a stand-up show in New York, and I will have the details for that very soon. And I hope you guys come. I want to meet you, and I have some fun gifts and giveaways for all these things. So yeah, try to make it out. Anyways, to my guest today. Uh, she, I met her on a flight home from Austin, Texas. We were in row 32, and she became my new best friend. I was treating her like she was a child, only because she's like, she's only like five feet tall and she's a few years younger than me and but probably way more mature than me but the whole the whole airplane ride I was treating her like she was like my kid slash my best friend um but you guys are really gonna love her she is an up-and-coming actress uh she was in Austin because she was had she was promoting a movie she was doing with or she just shot with Molly Shannon and I really think you guys are gonna like this podcast uh and without further ado Dana Melanie Dana, thank you for doing this. <laughs> of course. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Is it exciting? Yeah. Being in my apartment? Yeah, it's very pretty. Everybody. Well, no, I mean, but it's not like it's like fancy. It's not like you came to like a studio. I don't know. And I like feel, a high rise. I feel pretty fancy. This couch is really nice. Really? It's snazzy. See, well, it's gold. Yeah. Now, I've said this a lot on my podcast and people who like watch my Insta stories, you've seen enough of my apartment, but... I actually, did, I've stopped doing this. I used to make apologies for the amount of gold in my apartment because, see that mirror behind you? Yes. Now, I didn't choose that. That was the, the land, the lady that I rented this place from. She put these Game of Thrones sconces and the gold mirror in. It was like, it's, it was like a package deal. Like she wanted to jazz it up before I moved oh, in. Nice. I probably wouldn't have put a gold couch under a gold mirror. I honestly think it works. You think? Yeah. I think you totally pulled... Was that part of it too? Because that matches the mirror. No, that wasn't. My friend Stassi got me that. It's a painting of Paris. Because we go to Paris on romantic vacations by ourselves all the time. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Except for people think there's like something wrong with us. No. Don't ever (laughs) apologize for going to Paris with your friend. Have you ever been to Paris? Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. You have to go. I know. I'm planning on it. Why don't you book a movie there? That sounds so good to me. Yes, absolutely. Amen. So, so Dana's an actress. I will probably have said that on the intro that I'll record later, but whatever. Um, <laughs> when did you start? When did you start? Oh my gosh. Um, when I was a baby. Really? Yeah. Are my, you a child star? 
Well, not a child star. My mom got me started into it when I was like an infant and I did like a New Balance sneaker commercial and stuff like that. And then she always taught me not to talk to strangers. So once I got a little bit older, I was getting very confused going into a room with strangers. So I got kind of scared and I was like, mom, I don't want to do this anymore. And she's like, okay, that's fine. So I stopped. (laughs) Well, did you tell her why? You're like, you told me not to talk to strangers. Well, yeah, I was just like... She, she, she kind of knew. She was like, yeah, I'm teaching you not to talk to strangers and then I'm sending you into a room with a bunch of uh, adult strangers. So this is kind of... And she was just like, absolutely, like, let's stop. I mean, so she tells me. I don't yeah. really remember actually being five and telling my mom I didn't want to keep Meanwhile, she was like signing up for every audition. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then when I was probably 12, I got back into it because I was just begging her to let me mm-hmm. let me give it a go again. And then she... Let me start to do background acting, mm-hmm. thinking that it would veer me away from it. She's like, ha ha. Yeah, no one wants to do extra work. Yeah, no, but hey, my first extra job was the cat in the hat. Okay. So I got to be on that set in Simi Valley where they built this and all this whole neighborhood set for, I don't know, two weeks. I got to miss school and basically eat all this candy. That Wait, that's cool. It was amazing. It was the best time of my life. I have a question. Yeah. Since I wasn't, well, I don't want to brag. I was actually kind of a child star. I was in kindergarten cop when I was a kid. <laughs> they cut my scene. It's fine. Wait, didn't you tell me this on the plane? Probably. I tell everyone. <laughs> I tell, I'll, I tell a, the bum on the street that. I'm like, hey, did you, if you saw, if you had a TV then, did you see me in kindergarten cop? Oh, you wouldn't have because they cut it out. <laughs> um, That's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's fine. It's because they filmed it across the street from my... That's right. Well, you was, told me It was me in my this. grade school. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. We should probably... We'll go back to what I was going to ask you. I can I'll put a pin in it. We should probably explain how Dana and I met. Yes. What row were, you, what row were we in? Uh, I was 32A. So I would have been... Th- what, B? B and C. And yeah. then Christian would have been C. Yeah. yeah. We were flying back from Austin, Texas, and we were in the peasant seats. Meanwhile, didn't you have a friend up in first class? Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and she kept like running back to be like hey i'm like she's so funny I no, love she her. was awesome actually yeah, i really so liked funny? her a lot there was a lady though did you notice on the other um like on my seat but just next to us she was giving us the meanest looks because i think we were too loud oh i know i noticed oh did you okay i yeah. thought i was the only one i was like I felt bad but it was only like for like four a, minutes like a little bad but then again we were stuck on the plane for how long were okay so yeah her so dana and i were flying back from austin texas for south for, by southwest for south by southwest and um She's sitting in the window. See, I'm sitting in the middle. And then my friend Christian's on the other side. And I don't think I started talking to you until we realized we were like grounded. Yeah. Until we noticed that the um, flight attendants were kind of stalling. Yeah. Just kept going, touching the bins up top for no reason. Yeah. And Did I creepily talk to you first? Did I blurt something I'm weird out? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because I didn't <laughs> know you. if you were going to be friendly. Because I'm, oh, I'm pretty open to <laughs> just anybody. So I was like, I don't want to bother them if they don't want to talk to me. So I'm just going to sit here looking out the window at all the men in orange vests, walking around, checking the plane. And so then I probably, if she says something. I probably blurted something out like, hey, you're a cute girl. What's up? Yeah, you, you said something funny. Oh, you know what? Actually, I think we started talking when that guy, when they made an announcement and said, if you're not going to Los Angeles, you are not on the right flight. Oh, yeah. Please get off. And we're like, who would be, how would that even be possible? How would they let him on? And then a guy with a book frantically got up in front of us and started looking in the overhead bin and he pulled his bag out and he ran off the plane how did they let him on i don't know this was the most disorganized flight ever yeah it was pretty great but but we so did we tell them what happened so we got no. stranded yeah for how long i would say over an hour for sure well for an hour until i think we were on the plane for 45 minutes before they told us that we were getting off the plane yeah and then we got off the plane and then that was... Oh, I think we were on for longer than that. You think? So maybe an hour. Well, we did that whole like sit down for 20 minutes thing 
And then they were like, oh, we have to check something with like the engine or something. And then I think it was like another 45. It was over an hour. Let's go hour 15. Okay, yeah. And then it was definitely another hour. With no snacks, no water, no bar cart service. Oh, on the plane. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> no bar. Yeah, you guys, you guys feasted when we got back oh on God, the plane. Oh my God, I had plane. so many tapas boxes. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. And you were like, you were, you eat so healthy. What were you, you ate? Like nothing, but you I think like I had them. apples in my bag. <sighs> See, I tried to eat healthy, but like, that's a whole new level. Cut up apples. Where you're just, you're probably starving and you probably want to eat a tapas box. Like, I mean, and you're like, I'm just going to go with the apple. It was tempting, but then you think about it. Like how long has that box been in wherever it's been waiting to go? Whatever. On the Sorry. I'm fine. <laughs> just- I survived. All the sodium and preservatives kept me alive. It was, yeah, you had some things. Listen, Dana, I want to know what you think. If the plane was to go down, for example, and we were all survivors, technically, who do you think would have survived longer? Probably the girl that ate the preservatives and the sodium. This is, this is probably actually very true. Yeah. Maybe I'll next flight. Because they honestly looked pretty good. I was surprised at how hefty those boxes were there's so many varieties and so many like surprises in there they're bigger than the ones at starbucks oh yeah oh these are big time yeah there's like two different types of crackers there's like a meat thing there's a hummus yeah there's but maybe the like a sun-dried tomato spread thing. i like the meat thing Ooh, do you yeah. not eat meat at all um i don't eat red meat but it's not even about that it's about eating meat on a plane from a box that's not been refrigerated <laughs> i'm gonna ask Dana to leave now <laughs> but <laughs> No, it is it is kind of disgusting, but I was so hungry. And then when we got off the flight, yeah, then everything was closed, so we had to get off the flight. Yeah, well, because there was apparently there was no, it wasn't an engine failure. Apparently, a bird hit the engine and dented it. I'm calling it engine failure. Okay, we had an engine failure. We actually were in the we were in flight when it happened. It's essentially engine failure. Super dramatic. The bird dented the engine. Engine failure. That's crazy. Shout out to the pilot for catching that though. Would have been worse if we were in the air and he found that out. That would have been really scary. I was silently freaking out a little bit. Were you, you? You were having a panic attack when we sat back down for the second flight. First flight, really, but it was not. It was like a heavy breathing she was heavily breathing well listen my dad had a friend that died in a plane crash so god, like, don't oh my god i'm so <laughs> glad you didn't tell me that i i actually almost did on the plane i was like there's a reason i was like i'm not gonna say it to you <gasps> yeah one of my dad's best friends i won't say it out loud because it's yeah it was it was a private plane but yeah see i mm-mm. so i think ever since then like i'm not afraid to fly but like i'm always just like eh, anything can happen a little bit because i fly every single week practically but like when something like that happens, I'm just like, what, should I be on this plane? I don't really need to get back to Los Angeles right now. I, I would have been freaking out had we got back on that same plane. Uh, we wouldn't have done it. Would they have let us? They were saying, they were like, we're going to see if that flight from Houston hadn't come in. I think that would have been our plane. Oh, I just would have stayed. Well, Christian and I were almost just going to stay another night in Austin because we kind of wanted to anyways. I know you guys like, disappeared and then you were like five minutes before we were reborn. You're like, hi, yeah, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Because I was like, should we just stay again? Like we kind of wanted to and then we couldn't find like a cheap enough Airbnb and then it was just sort of not worth it because oh, yeah, it was so late at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. It was kind of terrifying, the whole flight thing. No? No. More inconvenient. Okay. Just super. Yeah, it was inconvenient. But it was kind of fun because, I mean, everybody was from South by Southwest. They were all in the industry there. Yeah. So I felt kind of like a family that didn't talk to each other. Well, we talked to each other. Except for us. Except for I just realized I was treating you like you were like my kid just because yeah, Dana, yeah. it looks uh, very young. Yeah. <laughs> and let's just call her like two years younger than me. She's more like five years younger <laughs> than me. And, um, and because you look so young, I was like kind of treating you like a kid. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was the one freaking out. I'm sorry. I feel like I should have comforted you more. Oh, no, I was fine. It. Christian was doing it or not doing it. Who knows? <laughs> Um, 
So how did it end up? Okay, so your mom's your manager, right? Yeah. And so how did she end up on a different flight? Why were you alone? Oh, because production did my flight. Oh, okay. And uh, my mom and my stepdad wanted to come also. So they had, they flew, flew in later also and they booked their own stuff. Oh, okay. So yeah, they were on the flight right before. They left about 30 minutes before our flight. And I was supposed to meet them at LAX <laughs> afterwards so we could all go together. And uh, yeah, they ended up having to wait like two hours at LAX for me. That's nice of them. Yeah. Or were really they just nice. going to leave though and just be like, hey, Uber back to Woodland Hills. Yeah. I was like, well, you, you guys can just drive back and then come back. <laughs> They're like, no. That's the exact time it would Actually, take Actually, to- I think they went to IHOP which they were like, oh, don't go to IHOP. Oh, that's essentially like eating meat in a box on a plane. Yeah, no, definitely. That's the equivalent. Yeah. Are you getting married or attending a wedding anytime soon? I would be willing to guess the answer is yes, because wedding season is coming in hot right now. It's springtime. It's going to be summer where basically every weekend is someone's wedding. And Zola is here to help make the happiest moments in couples' lives even happier. Happier for the guests, happier for the couple. They do so much. They're there from engagement to wedding to decorating your first home. Zola is there combining compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology, all in the service of love. And Zola is free and easy to use. They have over 500 top brands and 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds. It's so easy for couples and their guests. They even have a customer service team that will go above and beyond, let's say helping pick out the perfect blender or walking a grandmother through the couple's registry and more. They even have this great feature called group gifting that lets multiple guests contribute to big ticket gifts. And you know what? Zola's just kind of... It made it made my experience with attending weddings so much easier. I even actually bought myself gifts on there. I know that sounds selfish, but I'm cool with it. And I have an offer for my listeners. To sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to Zola.com slash be here. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash be here. Okay, I remembered what we were talking about before we introduced how we knew each other. So you were talking okay, so you were talking about when you did extra work on Cat in the Hat. Yes. I don't understand. So Besides my run at uh, Kindergarten Cop, but it was filmed at my school, so there was really no logistics involved with getting out of school. How do they let kids out of school for two weeks at a time? Well, because you have a work permit, so technically when I'm on set, Mm -hmm. I'm still in school. I have to do a certain amount of hours at school, so we had a school on-set teacher. Oh. Yeah. God, I wish I I grew up in California or LA. I would have so done that. Yes, it was, it's really nice. So basically, you're basically just doing your homework for, I think it was three hours, three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Might have been two. So you don't have to go to school all day? No. But do you feel like, how many times did you do that as a child? Uh, like being on set? Yeah, like not being in school, interacting with kids in your class. Like a nice amount of time. I mean, high school, I missed basically my first month of senior year because I was filming something. Really? Yeah. Do you think that made you weird? <laughs> yeah, it was for sure weird. I had like no friends in school. Really? Yeah. Do you think that they're like, but I'm just wondering, because my niece is like kind of, she leaves school a lot. She's a dancer. She comes out here all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, but do you think that kids are more mean to you because they're like, well, why do you get to leave school? Why do you get to be on TV? No, I, I didn't get anything mean. I just, for me, it was, I couldn't really relate to a lot of the kids because I always knew what I wanted to do and I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And they just were kind of in their own little world about like going out and partying and stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to go home and write. Yeah. Or I have to go study. So that, that was kind of the disconnect for me. But everybody, yeah, nobody really knew. I don't, I don't remember what it was like when I was in doing Cat in the Hat and that kind of thing, the background yeah. stuff, because I was a little younger. But nothing traumatic that I remember being like, oh, they were so mean to me. Really? No, it wasn't that dramatic. No, not at all. Did you meet a lot of like friends on set? Yeah. Yeah, because they get it too. Mm-hmm. But, 
When did you book your first non-background role? Uh, when I, I don't know. When I was, I think, beginning in high school, like my first few years in high school, but like my uh, moment, mm-hmm. my big, my first big role, I guess you can say, was uh, this, uh, I don't even know. I'm totally drawing a blank. All these years sort of just blend together. When you're not oh, yeah. in school anymore, it's really hard to keep track of time. Oh, yeah. No, I don't even remember. I've lived in L.A. for 10 years. I can't remember half the things I've done. Yeah. And I'll, like, find a photo of me on set. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I played Paul Abdul, of all things, <laughs> as, a, as an impersonator for a commercial, like an American Idol-like <laughs> themed really? thing. That's amazing. But it was, like, a cable commercial. I was like... First of all, the age difference is about 20 to 30 years, but okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a little stretch. That's a big stretch. Yeah. When I, when I first moved to L.A., and not first, I guess, say I moved here when I was 20, 21, I don't know. Um, I, I was 21, though, at the time, and uh, I was with my first commercial, commercial agent, and she was like, okay, we're going to send you out for a young mom. I was like, but I'm not even young, young me. What? What are you saying? And she was like, no, it's good. She's like, young moms make a lot of money in commercials. I was like, oh, that just hurt a lot. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just got able, just was able to start drinking. I feel like when I'm a young mom in real life, they still won't see me for a young mom. Yeah. You don't look old enough. Yeah. I don't look mature enough, I don't think. I think it's just like written all over my face that I'm not responsible enough to have a kid. <laughs> lack of responsibility yeah they're just like nice try that's so funny yeah what kind of stuff do you go out for the most um a lot of high school Mm -hmm. a lot of high school roles or you know the troubled girl the troubled daughter really yeah you look so sweet though you don't look like the trouble kid oh really thanks it's just all an act really (laughs) how do you dress when you go to a troubled kid audition i don't know i'm usually don't be fooled. I'm usually all in black. Right now I'm wearing a bright red shirt and blue jeans and white sneakers because I just came from an audition for like some Disney type of thing. So I was trying to be... It's a perfect outfit. Yeah, thank you. But I'm, I'm literally always in black. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. So... I own almost no color. So maybe this is throwing you. I think it is. But yeah. I feel like... Are you on the plane? You were like wearing a sweater or something. I don't know. I think I was wearing color on the plane too. Yeah, I think you were. Something was happening to me. I don't know. You're changing. <laughs> I mean, Austin, I was trying to be It's colorful. like I don't even know you anymore. I've known you for like a week and a half. And it's like you've really changed. You've been swindled. That whole movie you did with Molly Shannon. For yeah. South by those. Oh, talk about that. Okay. So you were in South by, South by Southwest for? For Wild Nights with Emily. Tell me about it. Oh, my gosh. You can tell. So my listeners, so my listeners, you'd, I already heard this on the plane, the, the plane that almost went down that she doesn't think went down. <laughs> but my, my listeners, who are my, my friends. Um, Hi, friends. Yeah, they're awesome. Okay. Cool. Um, they'll love you. They're, it's, it's, I think predominantly girls and women and like we chat a lot and we're friends and so they're definitely going to like you and follow her on social media. Say your social media real quick. Um, uh, Dana Melanie. D-A-N. Oh, D-A-N-A-M-E-L-A-N-I-E. Yeah, she's Just awesome. Basically Instagram. Oh, and she, you, Lo, my podcast producer and social media person was like, I love her Instagram. All the colors match. I'm like, yes, I know because she's always trying to get me to like use the oh. same filter and I'm like, shut up, Lo. I don't want to. Oh no, I have, I definitely have, I'm, yeah, I went to like art school for a little bit, so I have like yeah, this thing tell. where it has to be, it has to be. Yeah, I was like obsessed with it. She was gonna come here. Oh, that's so she's funny. Podcast producer too, and she's like, I wanted to meet her, and I love her Instagram, but she didn't have time. Tell her I said hi. Yeah. Anyways, so you were in South by Southwest for this movie called Yes, Wild Nights with Emily, and it's about Emily Dickinson, her life. Molly Shannon plays Emily, and I play young Emily. So mm-hmm. that was basically a dream come true that I didn't know I ever wanted. 
That's but I'm so glad I have. Were you a fan of Molly Shannon's before? Yeah. You watch SNL and stuff? Yeah. Like she's she's the nicest person really? that you will ever meet. Oh my gosh, yes. That's so cool to you hear. You have no idea. She's so sweet and funny and hilarious and genuine. And it was incredible. And this film, basically, if for those of you who don't know, for some reason, Emily Dickinson is a famous American poet. Mm-hmm. Um, she's known for being very kept to herself, you know, a spinster, not always um, hidden away in her room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the truth is, she's actually a very lively woman who was... I guess I want to say suppressed in a sense because mm-hmm. only 11 of her um, poems were published in her lifetime and she had thousands of them oh, wow. and it was such, it was so hard for her to get them published. What era was she in again? It's the 1800s, 1800s. late 1800s. Okay. Yeah. She um, basically, she's a lesbian, uh-huh. but um, the woman who first published, okay, get ready for this. The woman who published her, um, poems the first time but she paid for them to be published because she she wanted them to be published so badly uh-huh. was having an affair with Emily's brother who was married to Emily's lover whoa 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 yeah Wait, go <laughs> say it one more time all right the woman who published Emily's who got them published her okay. poems was Emily who was having an affair with Emily's brother uh-huh. who was married to Emily's lover Oh my God. Susan. So Emily and Susan had a love affair. So, they were so childhood Emily, friends. Emily and Susan were having a love affair. Susan's married to Emily's brother. Mm-hmm. The publisher has an affair with the brother. Yes. Holy crap. Yeah. How does, all, does all this stuff get found out? Yes. This is in the, this is in the, sh- in the movie. Yeah. And in real life. This is fascinating. Yeah. People don't, people don't realize it. And, and because the woman, uh, she erased Susan's name. So it was all these love letters, these, these, so many letters back and forth between Emily and Susan that they had. The publisher re- re- yes. re- erased them? Mm-hmm. Why? Because, Jealousy or something? Well, the issue was um, nobody wanted to publish Emily's um, letters or her poems, I mean. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to publish them. So she'd had this man, Higgins, who um, published a lot of uh, poems. He was He would always be giving her suggestions like, if he was going to publish them, they had to be this way. Basically, that's what he was saying. So okay. he was like, he would make all these corrections to her things, and she's like, no, 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 no. So she she didn't she didn't get them published with him. Yeah. Even though she tried so hard, um, and yes, the woman erased Susan's names from a lot of the, which later came out, which is what the director Madeline Olnick, uh, she was reading a uh, New York Times, I think it was, an article saying how they had found the eraser marks um, that said Susan's name. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, so is that how Madeline came up with... Did she write the movie too? Yes, she wrote and directed it. She's incredible. Like, she's a genius. It's definitely... um, is very interesting to see her work and how it all came together because at South by Southwest, this is my first time seeing it. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? I hadn't seen anything. Did you love it? Yes. I'm so proud of it and just so incredibly thankful that I got to be part of of this story that people don't know and it's so it's gonna be a big deal i hope so. i put on my insta story i don't know if you saw it that no. you're doing my podcast and you're a future oscar winner oh my gosh i love you thank you so much <laughs> i haven't seen movie. that i was too busy at trader joe's getting a hummus and chips because i was so hungry and walking up the hill and, and i didn't want to be late oh, you're fine. oh thanks i'll look <laughs> yeah wow thanks hey, i bet thanks. that's this is gonna be a great movie i i when really does it hope come out? so i'm not sure yet i know they're doing with distribution well, like, right now summer and stuff I, I literally have no idea. <sighs> so annoying. Are they going to do another screening of it that I can see? I have no idea. Who can I call? <laughs> Give Madeline's number? <laughs> or Molly Shannon's Excuse number? Excuse me, Madeline. Yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to you for a second. 
Um, that's really, really, really cool. Isn't that it's, wild? Is this one of your favorite projects you've ever done? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. You also did, uh, so your mom is a writer. Yes. I didn't know you are too, because I read, but we'll talk about that in a second, but your mom is a writer. It, did she write a lot before this short that she wrote that you were in? She did a lot of public service announcements. Okay. So a lot of, for a woman in film, especially. Okay, She's cool. actually been nominated for some primetime Emmys. Not primetime, but Los Angeles Emmys. Or IMDb or something. Yeah. So wait, she did public service. So she wrote like PSAs. Yeah, PSAs. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's Emmys for that. Yeah, that's cool. I know it's like the Los Angeles. It actually, seems like a fun thing to write. Yeah, I mean, she's good. She's a good writer. But the thing that we wrote together recently was. Oh, so you guys uh, co-wrote it, you and your mom? No, sorry, <laughs> I forced her to write it. Okay. Let, let me be clear. Sorry, rewind. <laughs> she, it's it's called Waiting to Die in Bayside Queens, mm-hmm. which sounds very depressing. It's so good. No, I watched it. It's so but it's good. A comedy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. She was. She said thank you. Also, okay. Um, she, she she grew up in Bayside, Queens. Okay. You know, in a Jewish suburb, very just calm, quiet. And she would just tell me all these pathetic stories about her childhood. And they were hilarious. Give, give us some of them. Just in case people don't watch it. Although you guys should watch it. It's called Waiting to Die in Bayside, Queens. It takes, what, like eight minutes of your time? Yeah, it's not even. And I it's think it's six minutes. really good. Thank you. It's Hopefully. I hope, yes. Go watch it, everybody. Waiting <laughs> to Die in Bayside, Queens on Vimeo. <laughs> she just, I don't even know how... She would, how you know, she, I don't even, I can't even think of funny, I don't want to ruin anything because it was just, just so pathetic. It's like, mom, I feel so bad for you, but I, it's funny, so I'm going to laugh at you. Yeah. Because you didn't, it wasn't like, the it, what, the movie wasn't like depressing, it's just sort of like ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, She's, it's hilarious. But it's a different era. Like, things were kind of like that. Like, like yeah. my, stuff my the dad will tell me about from his childhood where his mom once, um, she she had like seven kids. They were Irish Catholic. Oh my god! So she couldn't keep track of everyone. And one time, the vanilla like ex- vanilla extract was low, and she was like, "Mike, are you drinking the vanilla to get drunk?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, I've been down in the middle of the night. <laughs> get me through it all. <laughs> so, I think it's just a weird. It was a weird era. Yeah, because I can't imagine my mom. Or dad, like, doing anything like, yeah. weird like that. And it's not even outrageous things. It's so, like, what? Well, probably because it's also Bayside, Queens. When they lived in, like, an apartment? Yeah, something? an apartment. They think the upstairs one. How many people lived Just in it? lonely. Four. My mom, her sister, her dad, and her mom. And one bathroom. One bathroom. Yeah, so my mom had to pee. I'll tell you that. My mom had to pee in a, in a pot <laughs> that, I'm, that she's pretty sure... My grandma still used it afterwards, after washing it, hopefully. But yeah, just just stuff like that, you know? It's so funny. It's funny. And, you know, they were just such, my grandma and grandpa are just such, they were just kind, sweet, simple people. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, they're hilarious, just the things and the Well, I think the most simple people actually are the most hilarious. Like, finding humor in something like that, like... Peeing in a pot when your mom making you pee. That's hilarious because yeah. it's so simple. It's not like hacky. It's just kind of like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. And then you're going to cook and they're going to make us pasta or, I don't know, matzo ball soup matzo or something. Matzo ball soup. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Pea soup also. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was pea soup in the movie, which the movie. Was, couldn't have been grosser actually. I, it, it was all bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been more gross than I say. <laughs> so are you guys, you guys are Jewish? Uh, uh, she is Russian Jew, and then on my father's side, uh, Italian German. Okay, you look a little Italian. Oh, hey, thanks. Yeah, nobody really knows what I am. I'm actually a lot more things, but no one knows what I am either. I it's guess, just like, why everything. get into it? Yeah, everyone thinks I'm Russian. I'm not. I can see that. It's 
called ethnically ambiguous. I don't want to brag, <laughs> but get on her level. Yeah, <laughs> but that yeah, no, that movie was fantastic. So you forced her to write it. Yeah, because she just kept telling me these things, and it was so funny. We had never worked together before, mm-hmm. so I was like, here, why not? I can I think I came up with the name because mm-hmm. it was so. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It's so depressing. So I was like, mom, here, just take this. I might have written like a few, three words and I was like, just run with this. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a workshop type thing. Yeah. And she, like, mom, you look bored. Here's, a, here's <laughs> an activity. She came up with it. She wrote it and it was great. We had my friend Garrett Tripp. Uh, he directed it and I also worked with him on another movie, I, another short I did, Lucy Borden Had an Axe and who I had met him on my very first like big role, Treehouse. Mm-hmm. He was the first AD on that. So, We've worked together a lot and he, he took it and he did a great job with it also. Yeah, it's really good. Thank you. Are you guys doing anything with it? Well, what a bunch of awards. She's writing a show, a show right now. Oh, a TV show based yeah. on it. Yeah. That'd be a great show. Thank you. Yeah. We're show. She's getting that out real quick. Trying to Did she already write the it. pilot and stuff? Not yet. She's like literally in the middle of She's already copyrighted right it and we just set it on here so no one steal the idea. Oh yeah. No, it's definitely Not that anyone would. I do it all the time protective. where I'll like come up with an idea on here with like one of my like comedian friends and I'm like, it's copyrighted. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel like you can't steal it because there's literally a short film that got into a bunch of festivals and stuff. So point. I don't yeah. think anyone here would steal it. Yeah. But it's kind of cool to know. And I feel like this is good for you guys, my listeners, because I know a lot of you maybe want to get into entertainment or writing or comedy or acting. How actually easy it is to write something and just get it like a short made. Yeah. I mean, there's people not even in L.A. in every town across America who own cameras, know how to shoot stuff, have dreams like all you have to do is partner up with them and probably do it. Y'all will do it for free. Yeah. And you have a finished product. Absolutely. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Yeah, if you it's just if having the courage to do it. If you want to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it sounds so cliche because that's what everybody says. They're like, well, how do I get started? Just start. Mm-hmm. Just make whatever you can. Make sure it's, you know, good, something that you're happy with and the quality that you yeah. want it to be because that's what you're going to be presenting to the world. Yeah. So you want it to be exactly how you want people to see you as kind of, mm-hmm. but just start. I mean, you know, you got to start somewhere. If you yeah. don't start, then you're never going to finish. Yeah. Or it's begin. Like, why not see what happens just by yeah. trying? Exactly. What? Uh, so you are a writer too, right? Yes. What What have you written? Well, not to like put you on the spot. I'm like, tell me, give me a resume. I'm, <laughs> I'm working on a show right now that we're in the middle of pitching, but this is my, this is going to, technically this is my first, this will be my first show that'll be out there. But I will tell you this. I don't think very many people know this. I think some of my close friends do. But when I was 12, this is when I started writing. I was 12 years old because I saw my mom doing it. And I was already acting at the time. And I was like, well, I'm tired of waiting for these people to put me in something. So I'm just going to write oh, something so myself. That's so funny. I started doing that when I was like 22. You did it at 12. That's amazing. <laughs> I did it at 12 watching the Disney Channel. Actually, specifically Lizzie McGuire. Because mm-hmm. Hillary Duff. I mean, come on. And Lizzie McGuire is the best <laughs> thing ever. So I was like, mom, I'm going to write a show for Disney and Nickelodeon. I'm going to write a show. So I literally wrote this show that I came up with this idea. My mom helped me refine it because I'm, I was 12. Yeah. And, you know, spelling isn't my strong suit. <laughs> so she helped me get in the right format and she pitched it to Nickelodeon and they had it for a good while and we had a showrunner and everything. And they. Um, when you were 12. When I was 12. That's insane. Swear, I promise this isn't. This is why she's going to win an Oscar. She started young. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. But so uh, Nickelodeon had it. They, they were really interested in it, uh, but then it went to somebody at the top and they passed on it. It happened to me when I first moved here. Yeah. I sold a reality show of all things. Oh, wow. Well, it was like, it wasn't really because I wanted to. It was like, I had this friend who was like a 
TV, it wasn't a reality show, but it was a TV packaging agent. And he represented like the Discovery Channel or something. And they wanted to get into like stuff that wasn't just um, like uh, straight, like look at the the animal going after the other. They were trying to get into like more live action stuff. And so, uh, and I'm from a really small town and it was maybe the History Channel. I don't know. And so Alec, my friend was like, hey, they want shows you're the only person I know that would know anything about this kind of thing, like from a small town, like come up with something, came up with something. They bought it in the room. I like had a whole deal. And then there was an executive change, like, uh, and then it never got made. Uh, yeah. I was like 21. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's so hard. But who wants anything that easy? You know what I mean, uh, I mean, I, I mean, guess, I guess I the cash would have been nice. That would just been so, yeah, but that's an accomplishment. It's not even something though. I would have like wanted to do though. It's like, still that's exciting. Yeah. I, that's that's really cool. That yeah. is really cool. So what are you working on now? You can't say it? The yeah, I can't say it. Oh, okay. But it's based off a book. Okay, cool. That we have the option Is it for. a feature or a... It's so probably TV. a feature. Oh, no, it's TV. TV. Yeah. See, that's also what I write as TV. I've written a few features. Maybe I'm just lazy and they take too long, but I do actually just like writing TV. Yeah, this is my first... Well, besides from the Nickelodeon thing, mm-hmm. this is my first actual real go at TV because I, I've written a few uh, Feature uh, features that, yeah. are, that were shopping too but uh but this just made so much sense it's very with the times now and what everybody you know is I know yeah. buying for she'll tell me off the podcast I yeah. won't tell anyone else but whatever um do you have like a specific actor or actress that's like you're most inspired by that you would like say like I would love to have their career um well uh, I love Jessica Chastain I love her too why she's so she's amazing so pretty. She's beautiful and she's such a strong woman and mm-hmm. she's she picks very good roles. She really does. She, she's yes, very I've smart. actually never thought about that before where she she's never really had a role where you're like, oh, wrong choice. Yeah. All her stuff is so strategic and, you know, she I think she really loves being an actor. Mm-hmm. She went to Juilliard and all that and she does the work sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I can't help but feel like American actors, sometimes we... I don't know. We don't put as much in as European actors do because they're classically trained. Yeah. And I feel like she really soars with it. Uh-huh. I know that's a is big generalization. Is she not American? No, she is. Oh. As a, I'm impressed with her oh, because I, see. She, cause I sometimes feel like Amer- other American actors sort of just coast by. I think yeah, that's a generalization, that. but I don't know. I get into like, it's kind of hard to talk to just go halfway through like what i'm thinking no go ahead but i want to i want to i don't know sometimes i just well yeah i mean you can think of like the people that are just like they were never even really actors and all of a sudden they were like maybe like not to offend them but like maybe a model before and now they're just like all of a sudden they're in action movies and they're an actor now it's like yeah i don't know it's just mostly just the the craft of it i guess Mm -hmm. i i don't know because you know you see all these I don't know. You you can look at one performance and then look at another, and sometimes you're like, "Well, what what makes that one better over that one?" And a lot of, sometimes I've found that it's because they're they're British, which is weird because they've yeah. been classically trained more. And yeah. I don't know. I well, feel like that's a generalization. Please don't hate me, whoever's listening to no, this. Oh god, oh my god, don't weird. be afraid. Oh, you know how many things I've said on here? <laughs> no, no, it makes sense. I think it can have to do with training, though. But I think that a lot of acting. And comedy comes down to empathy. You have to be able to really feel things yeah. and like be smart enough to understand things and not. Mm-hmm. So actually just kind of being like a fairly deep person. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think, I mean, training is certainly helps a lot. I mean, you can't just walk on set and be green, but I actually think that someone that's green, but is like 
eager to learn and can feel a lot and you know isn't arrogant yeah can be really great that's the thing i think sometimes american ooh. actors can be arrogant yeah i, th- you I can think say whatever you want on here i know but i i don't i <laughs> know <laughs> i don't like to offend people i don't think that like you know chris hemsworth is listening to my podcast <laughs> not that we're calling him that but yeah it's like it's just something that i'm fascinated in and mm-hmm. It's just doing the work. Sometimes I just don't think it's appreciated as much as it is in other places. It, yeah, and it should it should be, actually. I agree with you. Yeah, I feel like that in comedy. Like, you can't be good. I, I can't be where I am in comedy if I did not put the work in and right. perform every night in sometimes shitty clubs or in Kosovo, for example, <laughs> this place I've performed, or, you know, in... Reno, Nevada for a week where you're just lonely in a ho- in a casino like <laughs> performing every night. Like, yeah, like you're not going to get good if you don't put in that type of work. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. I hope it does because now I'm like thinking about what I just said. I don't I'm think like, that's oh offensive God. at all. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> oh, if you think that's offensive, holy crap. I have outed. But you're a comedian. You're very like you. Oh, no. You guys are like, yeah. Oh, no, no. I've said like personal things. Like there was a... G- Whatever, I'm going to say it. I'm not no, going to no, do third time. I don't care. No, there was someone that I had dated briefly who like was kind of a shithead. And I told the story, like, but it was hilarious. It was a funny story the way I told my podcast. I never thought anyone would hear it. And then one of our mutual friends called me and they were like, can you uh, take that down? And I was like, why? And they were like, everyone's heard it. And I was like, so what? I don't care. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I was like, fine, I'll edit it out. Oh, it happens, that's nice like, of you to edit it, had, it out. It happens though. like more than once. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, or I'll just think about it. I'm like, shouldn't have said that person's name. I guess I won't. Yeah. 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 Having a podcast could be dangerous, I suppose. Yeah. Can't be. No. So you didn't say anything wrong. Trust me. Okay. Trust me. Thank you. Um, okay. Tell me your best and worst audition moment. I want to hear like an, a really good one and like a really embarrassing one. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about this? Every time I see actors get this question, they've always said like that it was, they've, like, not that they did the issue. Like, oh, the the camera failed or something. And I'm like, no, what about your bad really? audition? Oh, my God. I'm the one that's like, oh, I said something weird and then I ran out. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like when, when I hear them get the question, I was like, oh, my God, jeez. Like, I have had some horrible auditions just where I was so bad. But then all these actors are answering it as if, like, oh, yeah, the casting director just had the wrong lines. And I'm like, what? Wait, this happened, you're like, let's say you're on a panel. This happens to you sometimes when you're, like, on a panel with other actors? No, this is me as a fan watching, like, clips of actors or interviews where they get this question and they, they make it seem like... They, they never say, like, a personal thing, like, where they messed up. Oh, God. And we all know they've messed up 3,000 times. We all have. Yeah, and I'm like, come on. Like, make us feel good, like, the ones who are up and coming. <laughs> I hate that kind of thing. It's like, obviously, you had embarrassing moments. Like... Yeah, I've, I've had so many auditions you, that have yeah, just sure gone. Like, it's just, it amazes me. This one time, here's, here's one that makes me cringe because <laughs> it's not even that bad, I guess. But I'm going to say the it The anyway. feeling that it feels. So most people, so my listeners, I'm sure you can imagine, most people don't have the courage to audition for something, let alone public speak, let alone do any of that. So I'm sure they can re- resonate with the fact that even a small amount is like so embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this, give, give it to me. This, this is a casting director who is very, um, okay. This was when I was a little, a f- little younger. So I was going out for a lot of Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the Disney casting directors are very happy and very like, Hey, how are you? 
you? Good, yeah. I'm great. Like, you know, great vibe going in, so you feel really good. So I was so used to that because I had just gone through two weeks of like back-to-back Disney type of auditions. And I get to this other casting director for, for not a Disney audition. And um, I go in and I'm like, hi, how are you? And she's like, stand there. Um, looking here and we're gonna just gonna go right into it. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then she, she, she started talking and she sounded so normal and good. I didn't realize she was saying her lines. So I was like, what? And her, the first line was like, you know, you're really not good at this. And I was like, I was like, what? I thought she was talking about me, <laughs> but she was saying the line. So I was just like, oh. Uh, oh, 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 okay. And then I just started saying my lines and it was it was so horribly awkward and so bad. I ran out of there and I just was bawling and I was like, oh, oh I feel bad for that. Is embarrassing. How uncomfortable, how embarrassing. Because she said she was a good actor. I thought she was talking to me in real life and I thought she was insulting me and I hadn't even started yet. You, But you didn't have the balls to be like, hey, can we do that take again? I, didn't I had no it. guts to say, can you we please young. do that again? No, because, yeah. uh, no, this casting director... Even to this day, I don't even think I'd be like, she, she's intense, but she, I thought I was doomed forever, but she ended up calling me back like a few months later and I've gone to like producers for her and stuff now, but so that's fine. But yeah, they forget about it and it's, they know, they see, they do, but do you realize what they do to us? Like, oh my oh, God, it hurts. <sighs> we take everything so personally because you know, you put so much into it and you get, to, and then you just think it's the end of the world when one goes wrong mm-hmm. and you're just so, oh. see, I've always been like fairly okay with like, I have like, I think it's like delusions of grandeur. I have like way too much confidence or it's kind of just like where I get to the point where I'm just like, fine, if you don't like me, then I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> I don't say that out loud, but yes, I will get hurt. But like, I think it's just like a coping mechanism for like, if I am really awkward in the thing, I'm just like, nothing I can do about it now, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's Well, that's kind of better for your emotions. I guess so. Well, I've just also been, as an adult doing it for 10 years and heard the word no so many times. It's like, yeah. I'm just kind of like, like it, it'll be like a great audition like I'll feel like they love me like it'll be a casting director that brings me in all the time I'm like so where's the booking coming in where's this like oh, yeah. I've seen you like three times this week yeah what's happening here like when they hug you and you're like yes this is good like, you don't even get called yeah. back I'm like oh, okay I had an awkward one recently for like it's Marlon Wayans has a show yeah called Marlon six second season and I've done stand-up with him before I don't know if he would know who I am but we've been on the same lineup a bunch of times that's awesome and so yeah but me I don't know I was it's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess so. But I went for a co-star role on his show. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Co-star. I had like two lines. And I did I did good, but the casting director was like laughing at each take, but then she kept being like, okay, do it again, but less awkward. And I would like, because the, the character was supposed to be awkward, and then I would do it, and she'd be like, okay, but a little less awkward. And then finally I was like, I am awkward. <laughs> <This person." laughs> You're like, this is just me. And then I was like, okay, I'll go now. Except me. <laughs> so you didn't get it. What do you think? <laughs> I feel like you should have just because you were awkward. I mean, <laughs> no, I did not. awkward character. Their loss. Do you ever throw in like extra lines like afterwards? That's like my, I write my own tags. I don't know if they like that, but I find it funny. That's really funny. I try not to just because I've always been taught. I don't know. As a writer, really? you know, you're not, you know, I, know. I feel bad. But then sometimes they're like, yeah, just go ahead. I feel like a lot of guys do that. A lot of my guy friends add in stuff at the end. I'm like, I probably shouldn't. I've never booked anything. I've done that. Yeah. But I always get a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> the master always starts laughing. <laughs> but it, probably the people that watch the tape are insulted. I don't, you know, to be honest, there's really, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It could make you more memorable and then be like, okay, yeah. yeah. And there, some people could get offended. Yeah. There's, there's honestly no way of knowing. It entertained me. There you go. And if you're happy with it, 
that's all that matters have you ever shown up to an audition in like full costume um full costume but like where you like went out all out like let's say like if you played like a nurse role you got like a nurse jacket or something or um well like say if i go out for somebody who's like like i don't know like i've done like a security Mm -hmm. person so i would wear like a blue just yeah. a blue button down. But I wouldn't actually wear a costume. But yeah. I would wear something inspired by. Yeah. Just to. I went out for a drunk bachelorette the other day. And I went to like a party store before. And I got like a sash. And oh like a, like a shot my glass God. around my neck. I don't know if it was too much. But again, also entertained me. But hey, I mean, you really went for it. So I kind of respect that a lot. Guess, guess what? Did I get it? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. It's them. It's more of them problem. <laughs> exactly. I think so. Um, okay, so that was your worst. What was your best audition moment? Or most memorable? My best one? I don't know. Honestly, one that the casting director actually responds and starts, you know, it's really hard. Going into auditions, you know, you put so much into it and you're so vulnerable and you're in these situations and it's, it's weird. Auditioning is weird. It is so weird. I mean, you have to go in. You have to be the best you that you can be while being somebody else mm-hmm. and, you know, be like... While being well-rested, while being late there in traffic, while being hungry. Right. Just, just so many different factors and you don't even know if the casting is going to be like happy or sad or if they already have somebody in the... You know, there's just so many factors mm-hmm. to going in auditions and it's just... It's so complicated. So anytime I go in and, you know, I, I do a read and the casting works with me and they say, you know, that was really good. They're responsive or they're, they compliment what I just did and they get it. Mm-hmm. It makes me just so happy because I feel good. And even if I don't get it, I know it has nothing to do with what I did. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with my performance. It just could be because I'm not the right height or the hair color. Or they just went a different way. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, the other day I had a really good one. Like I said, the casting director, she hugged me and everything. But did I even get a call back? No, I didn't. But it was a great audition but and I love her you. so much. Yeah, she'll bring you back. Yeah, exactly. So so just just moments like that I, I really appreciate and I, I love. I haven't had one where they're like, yes, you got the part. That would be yeah, amazing. I don't know that that's ever happened to anyone. I don't feel anyone. like that's ever happened Maybe to like in the 50s or Can something. Can you just dream? Yeah. Like, yes you got the part like thank you i just start bawling i would cry i'm such a cry baby i think i would too uh i'm not a cry baby but i think i would i think i'd be super grateful <laughs> i think i'd yeah. be like really I yeah it might this be, never happened yeah i think i might be shocked yeah and like, I it's definitely like being proposed to i'd cry. be like what yes yeah no i don't know <laughs> they don't lie to me <laughs> don't do this to my emotions yeah. i'm fragile i can't handle this yeah. right now yeah. this is my hundredth audition in the last month <laughs> Um, do you have any advice? We're going to wrap up soon because we've hit my 43 minute mark. Apparently I'm supposed to only do 45 minutes. Ads. No, I can go over, but, um, so no pressure. Okay. Um, do you have any advice for anyone like up, like up and coming actors or people that want to move here and do this or want to be writers? Uh, any advice? Just like we were talking about before, you know, don't necessarily wait for it to happen. You have to be proactive mm-hmm. and you have to start doing it and don't lie to yourself also like make sure that you you do the work and you train and you know you believe fully in yourself that yes this is absolutely what I'm supposed to be doing because Mm -hmm. then you'll go more confidently in doing it and all the doors will open if this is something that you're meant to do it'll Mm -hmm. absolutely happen yeah I have like the right training and the right like don't just move to LA and be like hey I'm here I was I was the prettiest girl in my school or the hottest guy in my school or the best athlete. Like sometimes that works for people. Right. But in this day and age, you kind of have to have something to back it up yeah. or like the drive to get better or 
to act and write or it's just and be a full person yeah well that's that's number one yeah i think i think honestly that helps um acting ability is just being like we were being saying, well-rounded mm-hmm, and empathetic and exactly not being a scumbag <laughs> that's my favorite word <laughs> scumbag. so many people are scumbags it's amazing probably yeah i like i mean i go into like meeting people in this industry just like oh, everyone's so nice like you know like like not everyone's so nice but like you know i'm not gonna think someone's bad unless they do something bad to me mm-hmm. But then when you just get around like enough people, you're just like, ugh, you're just gross. Oh, just be, I don't know. Like maybe it's in the comedy world sometimes. Although I love, I love all my comedy friends, but you just sort of sometimes like you just see the way people treat each other and you're just like, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Cause comedy is something where you can book it outside of like even having an agent. It's like, we all sort of bring each other up and like, right. All yeah, that seems so, it seems so hard, even harder. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. Well, good. That's why you're doing it. Yeah. So you have to um, love it. Just love what you do. And I absolutely able to. love it. I would. I will do it till I'm 95. God willing, I live that long. Aw, yeah. I love that. Well, thank you for doing my podcast. Um, say your social media again. Say again where people can find uh, Waiting to Die in Bayside Queens. Queens. Waiting to Die in Bayside Queens is on Vimeo. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Dana Melanie. D-A-N-A-M-E-L-A-N-I-E. And then when Wild Nights with Emily comes out, you guys all better go watch yes, it. Yes, everybody look it up and get ready because you've never seen the side of Emily I'm Dickinson so before. so excited to see it. I feel like I'm dying right now. It's unfair that I can't see so it So excited for the world to see this. Ugh. You better invite me to a screening if there's one in LA. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, bye. <laughs> bye, guys.